Welcome to the UCL Physics and Engineering and Medicine podcast. I'm Gemma Bale and I'm here with Jamie Guggenheim. Hi everyone. We're meeting researchers and giving a sense of what it means to work in the medical physics and biomedical engineering department. Each episode we chat science and life with a different researcher. This week we're talking to Dr. Sergio Batazzo, lecturer leading the Mineralomics Research Group. Enjoy. Sergio, yeah. what's mineralomics? <laughs> so, the work that I do is generally try to understand minerals in different biological contexts, right? What, what I mean is, you have like minerals on your bones, your teeth, but what we discover at one point that's practically, to not say every single disease, disease yeah. you start to form some minerals on, your, on the tissue that's affected by that disease, right? Yeah. And so in the end, we study like several different diseases, like we said Alzheimer, cardiac disease, cancer. But we look instead to look, try to look from the, the cells and the tissue that is made. We try to look on the mineral that is being formed, there. and looking on that mineral that gives us idea, better ideas why you have the disease, why the disease is forming, how the disease is progressing, and so on. So it's a completely different side. Uh, yeah. that we're looking at the disease. Cardiac disease, when you talk about like a heart attack, everyone talk about cholesterol, mm. and now if you eat a lot of fat, you're going to build up this fat on your arteries and so on. Yeah, that's one part of the story. In fact, there's a large part that is formed. What happens is you form a mineral on your arteries. How, that you how can... does it get there? So that, that's the big question. No one knows yet how these things are formed. And the only treatment that you have for this, you need to cut out this tissue out and put a new mm. part there. For example, what, one that is really common is aortic valve stenosis. So you have the, the valve on your heart, right, the, on the aorta, and that valve like moves really fast. Mm. What happens is this calcifies one point. No one knows why. 5% of the population over 65 years old need to, to have a transplant on their valve. Everyone knows someone that generally have like this complication. Hobby Williams had one, Barbara Bush had one, and like it's really, really, really common. Yeah. In fact, like I think people hear sometimes like, oh, I have a, a whisper on my heart. That is generally the calcification of the valve that is happening there, right? As you can imagine, this move really fast when calcify cannot move anymore. Only treatment: open the heart, take out the valve, and transplant one, or you transplant a mechanical one. Or you transplant what they call the bioprosthetic that's made from pig's valves or sometimes a human valve also is there. What happens is after 10-15 years this valve calls fire again. Right. And then you need to do a new surgery, but you get old. So your research is looking at how that happens and how that forms or how you can image it? How, what do you do? So what I do in fact is try to understand first what is this mean. Because mm -hmm. that's that's another tricky. Always you get the mineral genes made of calcium phosphate. Right? That is a calcium with phosphorus. It's the same composition that you have in your bones and the same composition that you have on your teeth. The trick is your bone is not exactly like your teeth. You can see that they are mm. so they are different minerals in fact. So the trick is which mineral is the one that you have on your heart or, or on cancer? Try to understand which mineral you have there. This gives me a clue. Maybe where this is coming from. You need to have someone that's kind of a mix between a chemistry, material science, a biologist, and a clinician, a medicine, right? Because everything was the same. So you need to know a lot about minerals, a lot about mm. chemistry, a lot about physics, because a lot of the methods that you're going to use are there. Mm. But at the same time, you need to understand the biology and the medicine, right? Mm. So 
what I do is try first, try to understand what is this mineral on the different disease. Mm -hmm. When I understand what is the mineral, I try to understand where this mineral is coming from. Yeah. Because as you can imagine, your tooth doesn't come from the same cells that your bone comes. Mm -hmm. Right? So in this case, everyone knows, is a different cell that's producing that. Okay, so I try to discover then, where is this is coming from? And then when I discover that, I try to understand, okay, how I can stop this to be formed? Or also, what this mineral is doing on the disease? Mm -hmm. Is like progressing the disease, or it is the disease. In the yeah. case of the valve, the mineral, it is the disease, mm -hmm. right? Mammograms or mammography that, do you know what they are looking? They are looking always these dense structures on the, on the breast. Guess what is a dense structure on the breast? It's a calcification. The most common diagnosed method for breast cancer is also about the mineral. But yeah. no one look what is the mineral there. Mm. People just assume, oh, it's a calcium phosphate mineral, but they don't know what. Yes, or even what kind is. No one even looks right. proper. So you say we're used to picking up these markers of this disease, which is a calcification, yes. Yes. but they don't necessarily look any deeper at no. what, what that means. What, yes. what type of mineral is that? Yes. Can, can we learn yeah. something and do yes. something about so it? That's where we enter yeah. you. Yeah. And you just said that um, you need someone who's a combination of a medic, a, yes. mineral, a material scientist. So what are you? How did you get involved in this field? I'm Brazilian. Yeah, I study University of Campinas. I'm a pure, pure chemist, okay. right? Interesting. Yes, my undergrad was in chemistry, pure mm -hmm. chemistry. My master was on physical chemistry, my PhD was on physical chemistry, my triple doctor was on physical chemistry. My PhD was exactly how calcium phosphate, that this compound that makes bones and teeth, dissolves on water. And there is a whole fight also on that, because it doesn't dissolve like anything else. It's kind of a, a strange material by itself. Mm. Remember that this mineral is like, is in fact, it's called hydroxapatite. You can ah, find, you can, yeah. hydroxapatite. If you go for a crystal shop that sells this, anyway, <laughs> you find hydroxapatite crystals there. Right. But, mm. so it's a mineral, right? It's the same one that's forming your bones, your teeth, and the majority of these, um, on, on the disease, right? So my PhD was trying to understand how this dissolves, but from the pure physical chemical perspective, right? Just like how this mineral dissolves in water. At one point we were kind of, ah, you know, bone is made of that. Let's get some bone parts and try to understand the mineral directly from the bone. And that's how I kind of enter on the whole... Medical Yes. So when I come to UK, on the group that I was there, I started to study this calcification of the heart. If you get cardiac disease, this kills practically 17 million people per year, right? And if you get plus cancer, that's probably six, seven million. So there is nothing that kills like that. And they are all related to calcification. And I'm like, oh, this is quite important. And so that's how I arrive on the medicine. And then when I arrive here in UK, we start to get samples, calcified like Yuma workers and so on, and you try to understand that. And then when I come to UCL, we start to also like to do the same study on cancer because we try to get the calcification on cancer and mm. yeah. So I imagine that you mm. have a sample of yeah. calcification. How do you find out what is that? For any disease, what we do, we get the sample. We try to take out all the water from the sample. Why? Because we use a lot of electron microscope. Okay. Right? Electron microscopes, the images are done in vacuum because you need the electrons to fly from the source of the electrons to the sample, and that's all in back. So if you put water there, you just fill your microscope with water molecules so your, your electrons don't fly, so you don't get any image. Okay. 
So we take out the water with different methods that you use and then we put this these samples, that is a piece of tissue that's calcified inside of the electron microscope. The big advantage with the electron microscope, one is that the resolution is really high. It's like one of the highest resolution microscopes that you can have. So right? what kind of resolution is that? So the ones that like I use, the scan electron microscope, you can see nanoparticles with two, three nanometers wow. if they are made of metal. So there's a million nanometers in a millimeter, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. There's a billion nanometers in a meter. So they're pretty yeah. small. Pretty small. Yes. Individual atoms start to yeah. start to be visible yeah. at, at like one order of magnitude lower. Yeah. Yes. And um, and this is the scan electron microscope. If you go for the transmission electron microscope, the resolution is even higher. And that one you can see atoms it's like clear wow. on these crystals, right? So mm -hmm. they go even higher resolution. One so one advantage that you can see really really high resolution. But the other advantage is that you can see really well the, the minerals on, this, on these samples and you can see the structure of the minerals. Okay. Another thing that happens inside of this microscope, they can tell you which atoms are present on the sample that you have, mm. right? So they can tell me that they are made of calcium, phosphorus, or get like different elements, if iron, magnesium, sodium, you can see, so oh, they are made of that, right? Yeah, and so that's like, so I get the structure, I get the composition, mm -hmm. and then I start to get like, when we try to refine it a little more, we go for something that's called focus ion beam. This microscope is a kind of more, quite new kind of microscope. What happens is, you put your sample inside, beside, you have an electron beam to image the sample, but now you have a gallium beam also. That's gallium ions, right? They are just accelerate to the sample. But now you can literally cut whatever you want inside with a resolution of 5 nanometers. So you can make cuts and then you can look inside of the structures mm -hmm. that you have there. So doing that, I can cut, I can look inside and then I can bring these samples for the transmission microscope and I can get like the electron diffraction of these crystals. And this is like it's a fingerprint of what kind of mineral I have there. Bone, for example, give me something that the atoms are not really well aligned when you do this diffraction. Different from the um, enamel that you have on teeth. That gives you like atoms really, really well aligned. But and it's, it's, it's pure chemistry, physical information that I get on that. On the other hand, if you start to think how these things are formed, they start to give me a lot of clues about the biology behind. First, when I get elements, if I get like iron, for example, I need to go back on the body and try to find some place that have iron because mm. I need to come something from there, right? If mm. I get magnesium, okay, where on the body you get magnesium and so on. So this is starting to give me some clues, maybe the cells that are involved on that. The morphology, if I get like a needle, I expect this be just create quite quick. And if it's a long needle, I'm going to expect this to have in fact long time to grow that needle inside. Right. So it's something that's precipitated. But if I have a specific shape, I can imagine, wait, there's something there that are keeping my mineral on that shape, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so now I go back again on the body. Mm -hmm. Where I can have this kind of shape? What could Possibly, control yeah. so the shape? Doing detective work. Like yes. Molecule yes. 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 And the crystallinity. Mm. If it's really crystalline, I expect something that takes long to be formed. Mm. And if it's really not crystalline, you can be formed quite quickly. So you see, all of these start to tell me, oh, maybe which cell is involved on that. And then after that, I go for like 
typical biology, and I try to see which cell is there, which protein is there, and so on. But for me, it's really important this first information because they give me this clues where to look on the biology mm -hmm. or in fact on the body. So could you give us an example of like a project you've worked on where you've isolated a crystal or a mineral yeah. and, um, and where, where you tracked it back to? So the, the one that I work quite a lot yet and one of the main one things I work is really this cardiovascular classification, right? Arteriosclerosis, aortic valve stenosis and, the, and these ones. So the first guy that described this is Aristotle because he come and say <laughs> He said, ox have, some oxes have bone on their hearts, and every horse has a bone on their heart. Wow. Middle age, everyone knew about that, that you humans have bone on their hearts. And in fact, it's even for, there's some magic portions that they come and say, you need a unicorn horn, a teeth from a dragon, and a bone that grown in a human heart. In right. fact, the only real one was the bone <laughs> that grown in a human heart. So middle age is like, people knew that. Like, yeah. they even knew, like, it was quite fun there. On that time, was a lot related to who was working too much, who have like a poor um, quality of life. You see, it's kind of different from today. You expect someone to have this heart disease, that if someone eat a lot of fat and sedentary. Mm -hmm. On that time, it was like, it was generally the contrary, right? So it's something really, really common. So if you find something that's hard, it's made of calcium, phosphorus, and it's white. Straight away, you think it is it's bone. Yeah. In fact, you know, I don't know why they never think it's... it's why it's not teeth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my like, Wait, why is it not teeth? Why it's always bone? You want, you want the teeth that have grown in the heart, heart of a human. Yeah, 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 but, but yeah, why, why is not? a bone growing in a heart? Why, yeah, I never understand no. exactly why is this thing with bone, but fine. They always, yeah, so there is this thing, you have this thing hard, and so it's bone, right? And always have been like that for years. And for my surprise, when I started to work on that, I realized that no one did a lot of electron microscopy on these materials. Mm. And, and I say that why? Because bone is kind of something funny. If you do a transmission electron microscope of bone, you always get the same image. It doesn't matter if you have a zebrafish, lizard, a human, a bird, it's, all, it's really, really the kind of the same structure. You have the collagen and the mineral there, right? So I said, like, wait, why people didn't check this thing a lot on this one? Because this, if you see this image, it's okay, it's bone, there's no discussion, and then you try to discover why this is made of bone or why bone is forming there, right? But if you look on this structure and you don't see that, look, something else, right? And that's what happened. So we look like almost 10 years ago, I started to look with electron microscope. And what I found, instead of this typical bone structure, I found some nanoparticles of calcium phosphate. Something that was funny was they are perfectly round. They look like a bigger ball, look like fake. First time I said, mm, biology don't do something so perfectly round, right? So microscopically it looks like a bone, but you put it under this microscope. No, no, microscopically they look like a rock. Right. That's the point. In fact, like, even like the, the valves, when I need to section them, to cut them, I, don't, I use a plier because I need to break. They look, look like a shell. Literally yeah, like when, having a little stone inside your heart. Yeah. Not a little. It's okay. like, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, when, like surgeons know that when it's calcified, yeah. look at a really normal shell. Like the size is crazy. Like the size it, of a shell on a beach. Yes. Wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I need to break these with pliers or, or with hammers. You cannot just cut with a scissor at all. 
Right, so um, this looks like a rock, and you say, but, but that's why people are saying like, oh, there's a bone forming in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. They saw this, and it was not like, oh, I think, no, no, it was a piece, okay. right? It was centimeters. You don't need a microscope. No, you don't need, you don't need even a about detection. Yeah, you don't need a magnifying glass. This is, yeah, Aristotle was not, was not certain what he said, it was kind of obvious there, right? So it's, that's why you said that's this connection with bone, because something yeah. Big and like hmm. so, but then I put on this. I realized that this big rock, the majority is formed by the spherical particles. Right, right. They have like average size 200 nanometers. The smaller ones are around 40, 50 nanometers. So they are quite small, and they just agglutinate on their own tissue, and you get yeah. this big rock. They do what? They agglutinate, or they just go together. Stick together. Yes, yeah, okay. stick together, and they just form this thing. They're thinking about these nano how would you track them? Have you tracked them? Okay, I found now this spherical, this ball, right? And then I can, okay, where is the elements on them? And I found there is this, this element. Okay, where in the body you have these elements? So what right, elements right? were they? So they have calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium. Mm -hmm. And then I need to go back on the body. I say, okay, where do you have calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium? Not just calcium, phosphorus, because bone is calcium, phosphorus. The other thing is like, bone, there is never this structure you can find in any bone of any animal. And that's where I start to kind of like, look, this is not bone, it's something uh, else, yeah. right? And the fun part, we go back to the literature, there is papers with the images there, but for some reason, I don't understand. There is this saying, like, right, that people say, oh yeah, one picture is worth more than a thousand words. I don't understand why in science people don't listen to that. <laughs> because if you come with an image, this all this is spherical part, and you come with an image of bone, and they are completely different, I don't know why people decide to ignore the images. Right. And so you're saying that people still think it's bone on the heart? I'm not the first one that got these images. Other people got before and people just ignore the images. Mm -hmm. They went for the calcium phosphate thing, bone and so on. So what happens for the last 30, 40 years, people are trying to avoid bone formation of the heart. Um, right? Yeah. Guess what? That's not really work well. Because when you look at the image, it's not bone. Because like, look, it's a different structure. And that's where you're kind of pushing. We're trying to discover where they are coming from and try to pinpoint which cell maybe is responsible for it. Yeah. But for sure it's not a normal bone cell. Yeah. Need to be a completely yeah. weird one, by the way, that yeah. doesn't form this in any other place. Probably it's a different mechanism. Yeah. And that's what we're tracking now. Where they come. So we know for they need to be Something really round to make them become really round. We, we suspect that it's a kind of a vesicle. Vesicle would be like these small balloons that the cells shed and they kind of can be really round. Generally, they are nano size, right? They'll be the same size on that. And then, okay, which ones have calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium? Right? right? So it's a kind of, but this is, look, first time we're like, oh my god, look fake because yeah. it's so yeah. common. But now we look more than 200 human patients. Any animal can imagine from like lizards, birds, llamas, all of them have these spherical particles. So look like something really, really common. Are you saying right. that all of these animals have this heart defect as well? These particles are present in everyone since you were born. They don't, for me, they are not a disease. In fact, they are something that you're born with. And if you get too much, that's where become a disease. Because every animal have them. And you have patients from 
age zero to 75 year old, you all, all of them have these particles. The trick is the amount, right? Uh -huh. Really young have really low amount, really old start to increase. And the disease you have like a crazy amount to the point that you can see them, the, the particles. Yeah. And have you got any leads so far? Do you have any ideas where they We have several indications which cells are. And oh. uh, the nice thing, because that we kind of start to get some hints about even on cancer or even on macular degenerative disease, because we found these particles on different diseases. And not just that, if you prove where they come, we can try to find now a medicine, right? That can affect that cell that is the source of that, uh, that mineral there. Because the trick is also like, what happens is these minerals, they are so crystalline that you cannot solve them. So you're well, going to do. I was going to ask because you have your PhD on yeah. dissolving. Yes. So they are so crystalline. If you try to dissolve them, you're going to dissolve first your bone, then your teeth, then these things. Right. So that's all. And that's really a big problem with the, the treatment of this disease. Mm. You see, the only treatment is you need to go physically cut out the tissue, and that's what they do on the valve. And we are talking about open heart surgeries, right? Yeah. But there's no other way. You can. Ne you're never going to dissolve. This mineral there, if it's there, it's there. The only thing you can do is try to avoid to build up more or try to avoid to be created in the beginning. And if you know the origin of that, you can do some tests that, you know, you can measure, like, depends on, for example, if, you, if, you, if it's a vesicle, right? And you know these vesicles are going to become the mineral, right? These balloons that come out from the cells. Is these vesicles, if someone have a lot of them, if you can connect that they're going to have the disease, so you can already try to prevent the formation of that, yeah. right? Because after form is form. There is a, well, the only one that I know that works, in fact, there is like the cataract surgery. That one, in fact, is like, is literally laser shining on the eye, breaking the mineral, and when they break the mineral, for some reason, the cells eat the mineral back, oh. right? Yeah, that, that's the surgery, right? No one understands exactly why the laser is doing that. So maybe on the, you could have one that could be a kind of laser to break this mineral there. Yeah. On the other hand, definitely cannot be on the late stage. Because as I said, the late stage you have a big rock. chunk of yeah. rock there, right? There is no tissue more. But if it may be on the early stages, maybe some kind of laser ultrasound that could just break the mineral and solve that. You know, laser flush your veins. Yeah. 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 Ultrasound, yeah. something that just try to smash the mineral there. Yeah. yeah. I'm fascinated by the idea that we all have some amount of these oh, minerals yeah. in, our, in, our heart, <laughs> in our heart and presumably elsewhere as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying. We found some on the brain. Oh. You calcify your brain. But you see, it's kind of funny. People know that. Oh. Since the 50s, 60s, people know that brains are calcified, but no one pay a lot of attention there. In fact, there is this misunderstanding for me in the literature that is these minerals are inert. And yeah. then if you look on the, on the literature, these are not inert at all. In fact, it's quite something, it's a modern idea that cells can feel a lot the mechanical stimul that they have, right? What means? Cells are feeling if they are surrounded by a soft or hard thing. And in fact, it's quite famous. If you get these famous experiments, that you get a stem cell, put them in a really, really soft like material, they become a brain cell, a little more hard, they become a fat cell, a super hard material, they become a bone cell, mm. just to plate them on these different structures, right? Can you imagine if you were a brain cell, right? Mm. The most soft tissue that you have on the human body, practically. 
and it's a kind of jelly, literally, stiff. Mm. Can you imagine a neuron there, on mid of this jelly, and one point the neuron like start to knock on the side. <laughs> Whoa, wait, there's a rock here. It's gonna go crazy, mm. right? People know this happened. So how this material is inert cannot be just by pure mechanical stimulus that we know this. The, and it's like the mirrors are really, really, really important for is you have a lot, right? Yeah. And uh, and people kind of for some reason one point forget that. And that's where the mineralomics come from. The mineralomics, in fact, was me who created that work. Before, before me, no one said that. And on the beginning, for me, was like was a little joke because we're looking at these minerals on different diseases and so on. And like we are always joke, oh, we are doing mineralomics, right? Because it's a kind of hard to say, right? Yeah. And uh, but one point, I realized that. Omics just means like I something studying a broader biological context. Okay. And I wait, the word makes sense. <laughs> Mineral omics. And, and start to, people start to, to start to come out publications with this name because right. it makes sense. It's just like the minerals in a biological context, yeah. right? <laughs> I have a, a new PhD student and I was telling me about like boldness and people get bold. And like, and I, I bet it's classification. Joking, I said. I bet it's classification. And she's like, no, 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 it's not because there is an important professor. I bet it's classification. Google three seconds. Yes, in fact, you get bold because your hair follicles get calcified and so on. Yes. So, it's, it's really, really common. It's, it's a really, really common thing. What happens is, until we have so much calcium and so much fossil in our blood, that we are supposed to precipitate mineral all the time, right? This doesn't happen because we have several proteins that are controlling this mechanism. But we are prone to mineralize, so it's something really, really common, right? And that's the point. So several, several fields, they find this all the time. And sometimes they call it topic calcification, metastatic mineralization, metastatic bone, atopic bone. Well, then that's also like, I like the mineralomics because you kind of try to put everyone together, yeah. you guys. Everyone is studying the same kind of thing, it's just a different yeah. disease. And yeah. several times it's even like, there is some relation between disease that people just don't know why. Because I guess you can try and figure out clues as to where these, how these minerals are forming. So when you said about boldness, yeah. so that's more common in men than women. Yes. Could it be to do with like the hormones in men? Maybe. Maybe there is something that, that is just making men calcify more. I don't know if they have like higher concentration of calcium phosphorus. Maybe on the cells on the follicles like just concentrate concentrate more calcium phosphorus. But men also have more cardiac disease. So once you found. But you see, yeah. yeah but, but you see, that, now that you said that, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but men generally calcify more than women. There is several connections between calcifications and the disease. There is that, the fun ones is the ones that is the inverse. If you have osteoporosis, you're gonna calcify your heart. Now it's the inverse. But there is a connection again. Cancer. I'm not a special. In fact, I'm not specialist in any disease. I'm a specialist on the minerals. So I generally just repeat what I hear from other specialists. But cancer. A lot of time, where the cancer starts to spread, the first place is bone. And you kind of like. How mineral is not important? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you realize that the first place that the cell and the oh no, but it's because the cell bone is really vascularized. But well, yeah, there is other tissue that are 
but there's one thing special about bone that is the mineral there and there's you see like so but that's when you kind of start to to get these connections on that yeah the bone is i never if i need to get some samples on that too <laughs> to try. And, and it's always that's how i start always my research yeah. someone tell me a lot of times anecdotally oh i have this mineral there and like okay can i have a, a sample of that <laughs> first thing electron microscope because we try to discover this structure then the structure composition shape in fact, in crystallinity, placenta. Placenta always calcified you. It's really common, wow. in fact. Yes. It must be quite quick. Yes, you see, the, yeah, that, that's yeah. one that's super quick, right? Yeah. And, uh, and why? I, I think three percent of the pregnancies have a problem with the calcification. Preeclampsia, there's like, yeah. Really? Yes. But see, people just, oh yeah, it's a mineral, who cares? Okay. <laughs> but you care, so you but, 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 yeah, but that's the point. I, I think people care, but they just don't know how to deal with the mineral, to be honest. It's like, what is a mineral? How I, they, they don't even argue how, how they're going to study this. And this, this is, I hope people slowly, people start to go together and yeah, start to... Yeah, yes. It sounds like there's a general lack of knowledge that minerals have a greater depth to them. Yeah. That, that a bone isn't just a bone. Yes. And that a tooth isn't just a bone. Yeah. And that that mineral, therefore, isn't necessarily just another bone. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah but that's exactly the point. There is, there is this misconception that yeah. you have something made of calcium and fossil is bone and over. There's nothing we can do and we don't care about it. Mm. In fact, no. That, uh, in fact, I always joke. In fact, you don't know how many times I got on conferences and people come, oh, so, is calcium fossil? Like, yeah. Oh, so it's bone. They're like, no. So it's a kind of bone? No. So it's like bone? No. It's a type of bone? No. It's similar to bone? They're like, no. <laughs> I mean, to me, I grasp your passion here yeah. for it not being bone. But I am still kind of thinking, yeah, but it's a bone. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I think what would help me is if we had an analogy of something that has equally yes. such a similar material. Do, do, do you know, do you know so the different. analogy that I do? It's mm. always is. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Iron, that's the labs of iron and so on, right? San Francisco Bridge. Yeah. Both irons, right? When you look to them, and yeah. that's my point also if about uh, a structure, how structure is important. When you look to them, first thing you think, I don't think they are made for the same purpose. The, yeah. the, one's a, a bridge, one's a tower, mm -hmm. right? Straight away you think, you know, probably who made that one didn't make the other one, mm -hmm. right? And you kind of, yeah, possibly different times and it's in a different place even. You see, that, that's my point. Like, yeah. it's the same. So, it's a probably different cell, probably a different reason, right? And different times and different tissues. Yeah. I think that a lot of it is the tricky between that you can have different phases, that's what we call phases of minerals or, or, or materials. That would be Graphite and diamond, they are different phases. Mm -hmm. So they're completely different, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. all the properties yeah, and the art and how they're going to be formed. Mm -hmm. And always, I always joke even like, look, I'm made of proteins. A potato is made of proteins. <laughs> doesn't mean that I'm a potato. You see, the composition is not, is, is, is important, but definitely is, can, is not more important than the other parts. Just because calcium phosphate, doesn't mean anything, right? And, and on the other hand, like if you go more close, bone and teeth. Why do you say that your your teeth is the same as bone? Oh, it's the same thing, same cells. It's not. Everyone teeth is famous. Like it's really people try to run away. If you are not a dentist, you try to run away a little of teeth because it's so complicated. It's so many cells, 
formed yeah? every bone you can say you have like three cells if you have like six seven ten different kinds of cells to form but you know you never hear someone oh no i'm sure that tusk of an elephant is the same as uh, my fin on my leg you never hear that right so why when you find something different but now it's inside of your body you decide no to be born <laughs> actually is that is that one of those um is that a good example too am i right that horns and tusks are made of the same stuff as hair is that depends uh, on which depend on the animal yes uh, the the deer is bone mm. it's one of the most dense bones that exist so there are yeah. several publications yeah. about the deer uh horn and if you go for Rhino is hair. Yes. Okay. Yes. Rhino is hair. Uh, both. Well, same stuff. As yes. Bigger nails. Bigger nails are hair. Yes. The same as the carotid. Surgery is a potato. Yeah. 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 Is the same. The bison is hair. Buffalo is hair. But deer is yeah. really bone. Yeah. yeah. Right. What about unicorns? Did we? <laughs> Narwhals. That's a kind of. <laughs> that's teeth. <laughs> it's not horn. Really? Yeah. It's okay. a teeth on the on the on the narwhal. <laughs> you know what? One of the things I've got in my notes is that you once did some dinosaur fossil work. Yes. I had like a a, a fellowship, and this fellowship was given to people of different fields. And I remember I was there. I ate a sandwich, and there was a girl on my side. I said, "So." Oh, what are you doing? And she said, blah, 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 dinosaurs. And I'm like, whoa, you work with dinosaurs? <laughs> and she, yes. And I'm like, cool. Can I get one bone of a dinosaur? So we got some bones of dinosaurs. I put on my shelf, and I think I like for five, six months the, sh the bones were there. Because it was not my main project. It was not her main project. At one point I'm like, okay, I need to image this thing. So I come next day with the same sample, I put on the microscope, I turn the microscope and I increase the magnification. When I increase the magnification, I'm like, whoa, that's blood. Literally. So I start to text like Susie, her name. Susie, where this sample have been? There is blood on the sample. And she didn't reply, so I tweet her, I Skype her, I Facebook her, and like blah 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 blah. And one point she's like, what? No, cannot be. And I like look the image, she's like <laughs> so, so we meet, and she said, "Look, the problem is like samples on the nature museum. They have been there for a hundred years, mm -hmm. and my whole thing was like, okay, maybe someone cut their finger yeah. and drop on this, right? Because this is the images is exactly like blood. So dinosaurs are birds, and birds, the red blood cells have a nucleus. Different, just mammals don't have a nucleus. In fact, like our platelet, <laughs> yes, platelets also." We, we, our blood is completely weird compared to anything else. Right. And uh, so every blood cell on a bird have a nucleus. Okay. So I can try to cut these cells on this focus I'm being with this gallium. Mm -hmm. I can try to cut and try to see if there is a nucleus there, right? So I went there and I started to cut and I kind of can see, could start to see some structure there, right? Inside of these cells and I, whoa, that's good. At the same time, I went and cut some fossils just to try to cut where is the bone to see if I could see collagen fibers there. These fossils was a little more than 65 million years. So it's a proper dinosaur. And then I realized that where I was cutting was a fungus, it was spores. In the fossils? Yeah, you're going to have a lot of spores everywhere. Okay. I cut now the bone and I could see some collagen fibers there. And collagen fibers are really easy to see because they have some bending 
on them, on the transmission microscope. So I could see some bands there. Was a lot of degrade, was not like a modern bone, was a lot of rock, 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 oh, there's a fiber here. Rock, 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 fiber. On, on modern bone is fiber, 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 right? So we have these that indicate that you have blood cells. We have the indication that you have uh, uh, collagen fibers. To prove that, let's try to get some different method to see if you have the protein there or not. And then we, call, we went for what is called secondary yield mass spectrometry. This method, what they do, they break the protein inside of the equipment and they kind of wait the amount of time they need to fly in a path. You get the mass of this and you can know which part of the protein is there. So we measured that and indeed we could find that like on the collagen was probably collagen and the red blood cells, in fact, we probably have blood there. And then we wrote, wrote a paper on that. And it was really fun because that paper came out on the week that the Jurassic World movie was coming out. Oh, so for three days I was giving interviews without <laughs> stop on that. Just to check on Steve, you, you found dinosaur blood? In, yeah, in theory, yes. I'm not the first. Right. There is someone in 2005, Mary Schweitzer, that got, in fact, what she did, she got like a tyrannosaur bone, put on acid, and went home. So, she come back, the next day, the bone, instead to dissolve, was bending. Yeah. That's the indication that you have some organic material there. Right. Mm, so, it's not just the bone left, so actually... It's just not the mineral anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was 2005. There was a big fight, big controversy on that, mm -hmm. when she came with that. Oh. So, it's still controversial, but there is more and more paper showing that you have some organic material being preserved of fossils, even older fossils. So, based on my knowledge of Jurassic Park, yeah. the whole premise is that they have some amber, is it? And they've yeah. got a mosquito which yeah. has some dinosaur yeah. From that, they can recreate dinosaurs. Yes. So, can you recreate So, the trick is that how much the DNA is degraded. Mm. Because this we could not show. We could not show that the protein was still perfect. We can say that there is organic material there. From that to not be degraded, you can still get the sequence. That's a big jump. Yeah. On the other hand, there is a lot of research going pushing more and more. I think the oldest sample that people managed to measure DNA was 700,000 years. Fine, still far away from 65 million that you need for the dinosaur, mm. but it's going older and older. Well, if you go for collagen that's more stable than DNA, they can go for 4 million years. I think there was a paper about camels proving that camels evolve in a cold climate instead of a warm climate. Yeah, in fact, camels are made to walk in snow, in fact, if you can. Rings a bell. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. They're made to. to and, uh, but you see, that was for a million years that they managed to push the collagen uh -huh. thing. Apparently, you can have, you have some kind of preserve. It's not completely degraded. For years have been the paradigm on the field, right? No, you don't have anything. Uh -huh. it's slowly building. Yeah, you know. It's just a bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> rock. So, in summary, yes, Jurassic Park could happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they say that, like, the little dog will to kill me. <laughs> And when it does, T-Rex is going to drop dead of calcification and surgery. <laughs> but that's what was my point. I was like, telling my friend, wait, can we go in the field? I want to try, the problem like a lot of times that the, fossil, the, the animal is fossilized. There's a lot of calcium already on the, on the rock. Because it's not, damn it, if you can try to make a dive for the calcium, we can see where is the heart or where is the waters of the animal. Yes. We're bound to want to interview you again after, after the Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> <laughs>
wouldn't ask you what, what one thing you love about your job or your subject is, but by the sounds of it, fascinating. Really <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the point. I kind of new things all the time. Mm. Everything is changing, and like, and you can go from paleontology to medicine, mm. and yeah. you jump in any field. It's not a specific one. I like mm. it a lot. There. Yeah, that's really cool. We we often talk in this department about being interdisciplinary and it's an interface mm. between two yeah. disciplines yeah. or something. Yeah. But this is a totally different one. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a real. A lot of times, like. Interdisciplinary is like laser and x-ray, right? Yeah. In my yeah. case, is like, no, dinosaur and... The... <laughs> 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 there is something that's like, sometimes you can get really, really far away disciplines, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's lovely that you have like, the complete freedom to just be like, yeah. oh, you've got dinosaur bones? Yeah. Let me borrow them. And yeah. That, that might be one of the nicest things about running your own research but, yeah. yeah, but that, that's exactly the point. That, that, that's the academic of freedom, right? Mm. So you can do that. that yeah. That's exactly the, what, what I like. Like, there's a lot always like, what, what is the adventure academy and industry, right? Yeah, that for sure we make less money, but like, I have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> in a company, I cannot do that, right? Oh, someone brought a dinosaur. No way. <laughs> Here you can, right? And that's where you get like the, the crazy discoveries, in fact. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Dr. Batazzo for sharing his research and career with us. This was a University College London podcast presented by Gemma Bale with myself, Jamie Guggenheim. It was produced by Billy Dennis with music from Kevin MacLeod. If you like this podcast, please do share it. Gemma and I will be chatting with a new researcher at the end of each month, covering a different area of medical physics and biomedical engineering. If you're interested in studying with us at UCL, please visit our department website at www.ucl.ac.uk forward slash medical hyphen physics hyphen biomedical hyphen engineering. We have undergraduate and master's courses, including studying by distance learning, and PhD vacancies, which can be found at various times throughout the year. You might also consider following the department on Twitter at UCLMedPhys, which is at UCLMedPhys. Bye for now. See ya. <laughs>